Tuno, it's extra time up next. You're listening to the football show on River Radio. This is extra time. Welcome to River Radio. It's seven o'clock and time for the station's resident football show. Joining me tonight is co-host Ben Green. I'm Will Taylor. So let's kick off tonight's action. This week, European giants clash as City and Madrid play out a cracker in the Champions League. There's more British sides that feature in Europe and the top four race hots up. We'll also talk the Thames Valley as Wickham reach Judgment Day this weekend. All that and more to come on tonight's episode of Extra Time. And it's live! A very good evening to you all here at River Radio. I'm Will Taylor, as I mentioned, and this is the resident football show, Extra Time on River Radio. Straight into the action, of course, the season is fast drawing to a close. But as is always the case, the business end of the campaign has brought with it plenty of talking points we'll be getting stuck into in the next hour, of course. Joining me tonight, as I mentioned, is our regular panellist, Ben Green, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on tonight's topics as well. Remember to get in touch, just tweet us at River Radio Live or send an email to studio at River dot radio benjamin just the two of us tonight mate how are you yeah i'm not too bad it's becoming pretty evident will who the committed ones are it is the panel it is mate i suppose you could say it's a time with you just the two <laughs> we can make it if we try, mate. We can make we it can. if we try. We I'm sure we'll be fine. A little bit of music, not not norm, not a normal feature on this show. Uh, Maybe it should become a new one. When it's us two, I think it will be. But it's <laughs> two of us. Yeah, exactly. There you go. A bit of a musical treat for you. Toured as well before, obviously, um, before we came in, which is just an absolutely great song. As I said, mate, great to have you in the studio. Like I said, first and foremost, are you okay? I'm okay. I'm fine. I- I'm a bit tense, a bit nervous. Um, obviously, you know. Is what's... that just being sat across from here? Is that? Yeah. Well, there's that as well, yeah, I do get that. But you know what's coming up on the weekend, Will, and currently I'm all over the place. Judgment Day, I said, it is didn't I? Ju- it's per- the perfect way to describe it. Well, I don't know why you were laughing at me in the intro, then, mate, but what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, uh, away from Wickham, mate, it's it's such a busy end of the season. And I'd, in every single division, bar the championship relegation zone and probably the bottom of League Two, I mean, a, a League One's a little bit wrapped up at the bottom as well, but can you remember a season across all four levels of, of top in top tier English football being this tight towards the end because we we no one's won the title in League One. No one's even won the title in the championship yet either by the way because Fulham lost to, to Forest last night. Bournemouth that you know Forest can still pit Bournemouth to automatic promotion there as well. League one as we mentioned is just ridiculous. How t- it's just ridiculously tight everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. Aside from like you said, the relegation picture in League Two and in the championship, I think everything in every league is still to play for. I think you've it still is. got there's, the still, t- there's still one space in League Two for relegation as well. I oh, think, there's one so. more. So yeah. yeah, look. Aside from that, there's everything going on. You've got teams that could uh, somehow win the title. I mean, League Two looked like Forest Green were a dead cert for me yeah, to win Exeter the title. Promoted, of course, last suddenly week. Exeter are back in it. I know that's going to be frustrating stings, for you. Mate, but, it stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been us. Uh, Another but, bigger club than yeah. Torquay. Well, and, no, I don't know about that, mate. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> bigger, bigger city, I suppose, isn't it? But uh, that's a story for a different time. Anyway. Yeah, but, but everything's going on. Obviously, League One for me, being biased, it, it's just incredible this season. I, 
I have to say, Absolutely I mean, incredible. from a, from a more neutral standpoint as well, I think the Premier League obviously I think takes the crown because to have yeah, everything yeah. on at this stage of the season is a little bit crazy, isn't it? Um, certainly unprecedented, but I mean. That League One battle is just fascinating because yeah, you thought that we'll get into Wickham specifically, but later on. But Saturday, you beat Chef Wednesday. You're thinking, right, that's it, isn't it? You know, mm. I mean, like we're in the playoffs. They go and win on Tuesday night, their game in hand. Suddenly, you're back out with it all to do on the final day. Yeah, and the, the great thing is as well, you've got teams that are playing teams that are fighting for relegation. Yeah, so, so they've still got something to play for. Yeah, yeah, you know, Rotherham could win the title, but Gillingham could stay up. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're playing each other. What yeah. a game that is! You've got MK Dons who could get the automatics, and you've got Plymouth who are fighting for the playoffs. So the playoffs, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be one of the most exciting days. It's going to be one of those days. You know, when you go to a game and you're just holding checking radios your phone. to the ear. Yeah, and you're like, just checking your days. phone. You're not actually looking at the game. <laughs> no. You feel tense. You feel horrible. You think, God, a Plymouth you'll scored be, another you'll goal. Be, you'll be at the game on Saturday getting updates on your phone, won't you? Yeah, yeah I'll be, I won't be looking at the game. I'll be spending the whole time refreshing You've flash scores updates on your phone no? yeah <laughs> just bring looking at it. Um, I mean well, we will be chatting the chair boys uh, with you a little bit later on but before that it is time to unpack this week's hot topics of which there are plenty for us to get into mate um, obviously Tom Pickering unable to join us tonight that's why it's just the two of us what time of these days exactly. well they all are mate they're all, they're all <laughs> pathetic <laughs> um, I hope they're not listening I'm sure they are um, but yeah obviously like I said loads of hot topics to, to unpack mate there's no prizes for guessing where we'll be kicking off obviously that game last night in the Champions League the semi-final between City and Real Madrid I mean football games don't really come a lot better than that do they? No it had everything you felt the City when they took those two goals early doors that that, that was game over that could be the tie over yeah. the floodgates may open and City may get four or five um, but Real Madrid came back to the game obviously Karim Benzema what a season he's having what, well, what a season he's had for the last 10 years though mate yeah and, and you'd have to say that he's in the picture for the Ballon d'Or he now isn't he surely you know he? when you compare him to the other strikers and players well, if around people, if people were talking about Lewandowski having it the year that they didn't do it do you remember because yeah. they, they missed the Ballon d'Or yeah, everyone yeah. said if they'd done it Lewandowski would have won, won it. it why is Benzema not and he's done it over a more prolonged period of time arguably in a harder league as well yeah and, and you look at the stronghold that maybe Messi and Ronaldo had it's not quite there anymore they're not necessarily going to pull the weight that they did in previous years. He's got a genuine chance, but I mean, what a game. Um, Manchester City probably thought, like I said, that they had the tie wrapped up. Madrid have come back into it and it sets up an incredible second leg next week. It I does. Mean, what a game that's going to be. City, we know they're not just going to sit back and defend, but they've got a goal lead. So it's going to be interesting to see the sort of tactics that Pep employs. We know yeah. he can sometimes over-tactic himself. So be interesting. Was, it, was it Sam Allardyce when, they, when West Ham beat Chelsea who, when Mourinho complained about his tactics, started laughing. Out-tactic him. himself. <laughs> Don't think that's a word, Sam, but great, great stuff anyway. Um, I mean, like away from sort of the specifics of the game, how good is it just to see two great teams going toe-to-toe with each other like they did last night? Because a lot of people, the fact the bookies certainly had it as a, as a City favourite win. It, it looked like, I know, I know they did, but they saw it as maybe something that was slightly more comfortable than what it was in reality. To see, to, they are two genuinely, two, two of, it, it, they must be two of the top four teams in the world, those two. So to see those two going to toe-to-toe with each other, just extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, I was interested with those bookies odds because, you know, Madrid have beaten a, a fairly decent Chelsea side. You know, I know Chelsea aren't necessarily the team they were last year, yeah. but they're the Champions League holders and, and Madrid, you know, beat them over two legs. So I was quite surprised at the odds. For me, like you said, Madrid are up there in the, in the top 
size in the, in the world not even just Europe mm. um, some of the players they have at their disposal you know the fans at home that's not going to be easy for, for City next week but like you said I think the Champions League when you have two titans of the competition coming up against each other and not only come up against each other but producing a great game mm. that's what that's why we watch the Champions League that is why we get so excited and that's why teams fight so hard to get in there because they yeah. know that that's that's the carrot at the end of the at the tunnel if that's a phrase carrot at the end of the tunnel <laughs> that's, that's a new one that's a new one I love that well that's, yeah. that's exclusively how I'm going to refer to that that's absolutely brilliant um, Madrid have shown their class haven't they and experience yeah. throughout the tournament especially I mean you, you touched on that Chelsea game that was a, a, an example of their class certainly in the first leg and and the experience certainly in the second leg to, to not be defeated by the fact that they were losing the tie at one stage and, mm-hmm. and come back to win it we spoke about that that um, Modric pass that I'm, I'm think he's been hung, I think it's been hung in the Louvre currently. Is it in the Louvre? I'm, I'm, it should be if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but was was it a case of, of experience last night in in a position that City perhaps aren't as familiar in? Whereas you've got people like Luka Modric who, who's just won the competition again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, obviously City have got players that have won major honours, but the Champions mm. League is something that's always. Been been elusive for them, hasn't it? Yeah. Pep has won it, but he's never won it at City. And, didn't win and, it at Bayern either. Did he? No, he didn't. No, and it's interesting how he did so well at Barcelona, but he struggled ever since. I think. I, think, I mean, I, I take nothing away from Pep Guardiola, but you look at that team and it was just special. I mean, like, there, there wasn't team. a bad player in that team yeah. at all, was there? And I think that that plays a big part of it, doesn't it? But yeah, it, it, it was a case of experience, wasn't it, for Madrid last night in, in fighting back from the deficit so, as many times as they did as well. That's just sensational. Yeah, and, and who knows how important those goals could be you know we, we saw last time with Chelsea ultimately having that bad start mm. in the first leg did cost them killed them yeah so you, you never know if City having sort of maybe took their foot off the gas maybe they're off the ball um, conceding that goal later on it that could cost them they, they, you know it's not going to be easy next week Madrid's like the fans are going to be there. What's it? Eighty thousand seat stadium. Something it's, it's a cauldron, isn't it? The, yeah. the Bernabeu, and it's a bowl as well, isn't it? It literally you know is. I mean? When yeah. when you look at it going up, it it looks like it's closing in on you, doesn't yeah. it? So, yeah. And the renovations obviously are being completed, aren't they? Which just just yeah. make it even more of a an incredible place to to watch a football game. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's never obviously that the old cliche rings true. It's and it's not an easy place to go, it is really it? Is it's not quite Stoke go. on a on a Tuesday night. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's 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 not going to be easy for them. And, and the challenge I think for Manchester City. This is a real test of their like their cojones almost. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like a test of their steel. How yeah. how serious is this team about winning the Champions League? Because mm. ultimately, if they don't win the Champions League and only win the Premier League, I, I don't see it as a particularly successful season for them, especially with how well Liverpool have done in comparison. If they don't win yeah. at least two trophies, which these are the only two trophies available with the resources they've got, that's almost a failure, isn't it? Yeah, and especially when when they had the opportunity to win three or four trophies a few months ago mm. obviously I think they'd see that as a bit of a disappointment what would be interesting to me is how many more times is, is Pep going to try and do this with mm. City you know if they don't win it this year that's what three or four or five years yeah. now that they've tried you know he doesn't tend to stick around at clubs for you know decades at a time mm. so I think the clock's ticking with that I really do I think he wants to finish the project. However, if another option come up, we, we know we've, there's rumours floating around that maybe PSG are looking to 
push Pochettino out the door. Conte's obviously Conte put a plan together despite being the Spurs manager. Yeah, so classic Conte yeah. that. But <laughs> yeah, so you never know how he's long. Always one step ahead of everyone. Isn't oh, he, he is, and that's forty uh, chess. That's what makes him a genius, though. Conte, he's always got his next move plan. But with Pep, I just think how many more times is he going to try? Mm. And ultimately, City have to. We said this. I said this a few weeks ago. They have to strike when they've got the chance. You can't get to a maybe if they get to two finals. You can't get to two finals back to back and not win one. No. You're not going to get a better chance. But you look at you look at the, the, the this is what I mean in terms of the experience though because you look at Liverpool for example who got to that final against yeah. Real Madrid where Carrius forgot he had hands um, and just ended up dropping the ball in his net about three terrible. times but the, the following year they, they came back stronger and ultimately it probably was the worst Champions League final ever against Tottenham the following year wasn't it but <laughs> but they, they came back with a completely different mentality and the way they got through to the final in that year was very different to the, the way they got there to, in Kiev yeah. do you know what I mean and and I, I just don't I, there's I, the thing is I don't know how much of a role this is a, perhaps an interesting thing to, to discuss but how much of a role does the history of the club have to do with it because Tottenham not winning a trophy for ten years. This hoodoo becomes a thing, doesn't it? And then it's uh, and then it's sort it's, of Arsenal it, yeah, for a period of time. It becomes a thing, doesn't it? Like yeah. where they're, they're worried and and this this idea that Manchester City have never won the Champions League that's more weight on their shoulders. Whereas if Liverpool don't win the Champions League, they're they're quite capable of turning around and go, it's all right, we've got six more at home. Don't worry about it. Whereas if City don't, they're suddenly in a position where they're, they're actually looking a little bit. Uh, in trouble is obviously the wrong word for Manchester City, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's suddenly a little bit more hard to justify what, what the money they're spending and the things they're doing. Yeah, I, I guess different teams will have different priorities. And at the moment, you probably say to a Liverpool fan, do you want to win the Champions League? They say, of course we do. Mm. But we've already won it. So it's not the be or end all. And I know we've had City fans on that have said they rather than the Premier League. However, there's going to be a large majority that do prioritise the Champions League and do want them to win it because they know that if and when City eventually do, there's that argument of City are their big club, are they one of the big boys in Europe? Mm. You can't really argue that anymore. No. You would have achieved the, the highest goal there is to achieve. So the pressure, if it, if those two got to the final, the pressure would definitely be on City, wouldn't yeah. it? Just yeah. like it was last year against well, that's, Chelsea. That's providing they obviously get to the final. Like we said, they've still got a massive job to do at the Bernabeu. How much more would you, like, like say that game had been played last season, how much more would that, have been worth to Real Madrid having three away goals to take back to the Bernabeu. It's, it's a bit of a bizarre one not having that this season, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what you think about the rule. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't know. It, it, the thing is, ultimately, it probably should be decided on, and I think it's it's improved the games. Yeah, because it's not like I mean, like Villarreal going through against Bayern Munich is more impressive without away mm-hmm. goals than it was with because you get a goal at say say they played at. Um, at the Allianz first got themselves a goal you just sit back on it can't you draw no no one go through yeah but you can't you can't do that anymore if if you're going to draw the game so it certainly opened it up a bit it's just it would just be very frustrating if for Real Madrid if they do go through if they they don't go through sorry Mm. and uh, or even it goes to extra time or something and they draw one or, or, or they win. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be really frustrating for them having gone to the Etihad, which is a notoriously hard place to go yeah. and, and not managed to get, not managed to go through. But uh, what do you reckon about the away goals? It's a bit of a weird one, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I always felt it was a strange rule. I could never work it out, to be honest. It yeah. was always, you always sat there thinking, right, what are the permutations then? <laughs> and, you know, like you, you spent the, the whole... when you're watching football. It's not yeah, fun, and it? the yeah. poor commentator was trying to describe it to you. They didn't have a clue. So, I, I don't know. I think it got to this stage towards the end where, like, the BT Sport commentators, you could tell they were reading off a piece of paper exactly what it meant. Well, I mean, yeah, Stephen Manaman has, you know, Glenn Hoddle, they're, they're, they're being told what to say, aren't they? 
they? They're not. They're not geniuses on the on the ball. But no, I, I just felt that football genius, Glenn. Yeah, that's talk for another time. But no, I'd, for me, it was it was a strange rule. I don't think the games have suffered. I think they've improved. Like you said, you've got more opportunities for mm. extra time, penalty shootout, more exciting games. Mm. You've got teams that can't get a lucky goal and then draw nil nil and, and go through. I always felt that was wrong. Yeah, you know, a team could not lose either leg and still go out. And I thought that was a weird. And, weird and that, that's ultimately it, isn't it? I think with with the whole thing, it's that yeah, it is ridiculous that you could draw two legs and not go through, despite yeah. despite the fact that then it theoretically should mean like a, a like a extra time penalty sort of situation shouldn't it um, it is it's certainly very bizarre but I mean it's certainly going to be a cracking tie next week at the Bernabeu we know that for sure do you think last night how much can we read into to Cancelo and Walker missing for, for City's defensive errors or is, is it a case of Real Madrid being that good going forward or City lacking at the back it could be a bit of both you know they're two very good players um, I'd say you know Walker probably the one at the back you've missed more Cancelo's been playing in a, a maybe more attacking mm. uh, position this year uh, being a full back but I'm not so sure I, I think Madrid have got enough quality where they could have scored the goals anyway without yeah. Cancelo and Walker being there yeah. and the two of them could say the two of them hypothetically were back next week Madrid could still score three yeah. or four yeah. they, they scored a few against some really good Chelsea defenders yeah. the, other, the other game yeah. didn't they so I'm, I'm not so sure I think it would affect City actually the other end of the pitch because I think Walker and Cancelo had so much going forward mm. not necessarily defensively yeah I think you're probably right mate um, it's, it's, it's going to make for, for an interesting one I, 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 do, I do know what you're saying I do think they're probably slightly more uh, they are quite a big miss but ultimately you, there's just no stopping Benzema in that sort of form no, when, for, when you have the talents yeah I mean I, I, I can't, we can't finish without talking about the absolute audacity of carrying Benzema as well to Penenka that penalty <laughs> against Edison I was I was speaking about this with someone earlier actually um, and he, the, the guy sort of said to me hey, it's so risky because you can look so stupid and I, I do you remember Adam Lookman took a penalty against West Ham Fulham needed to win so badly get a penalty in the last minute and he's chipped it down the middle, Fabianski hasn't moved. It's such a risky thing to do, especially when like that goal is so big in the tie. Do you know what I mean? Or do you think it's a risk worth taking for someone like Karim Benzema or was it just like, uh, was it a, a bit of a silly move that paid off? Well, I think when you've got that much confidence and you've scored 40 goals this season and every season before that yeah, yeah. you're going to pull it off. I, I think the most audacious Penenka I've ever seen is Zidane in the World Cup final. It's nearly missed it. The audacity of it. The World Cup final. <laughs> yeah. About a half hour before he had butted something with it. It was sent off. So maybe it went to his head a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. confidence to Palenka and then there's, there's confidence to headbutt someone in the World Cup final. That's as well, my first foot, one of my first football memories. And mine that. as well, mate. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's sort of the game that I remember sort of falling in love with football in. If you know yeah, it was, it was that World Cup. You had the Rooney stamp. Yeah. Uh, the Ronaldo wink. And Zidane headbutt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Still makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> the wink. Why did we ever let him? He should have been banned from the Premier League. Yeah, banished. 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 Yeah. Never returned. Shouldn't actually. FIFA should have banned him from football forever. <laughs> Full stop. Should have just been messy on his own. Just a flat ban. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're done. Good riddance. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but no, that, that that was certainly a great performance. But to, like, I was just finishing off on, on the City game. Then, who do you think goes through? Do you think City will have enough at the Bernabeu? I think City should have enough. We saw Chelsea put in a very good performance for what was it, seventy odd minutes against Madrid, and ultimately it was one small bit of quality mm. or one like, a great bit of quality from Modric that that turned the game in Madrid's favour. I think City will have enough. Um, I, I think they're prioritising this tournament over maybe the other ones, and hopefully, you'd like to think that. 
that Pep doesn't overdo it tactically. Out-tactic himself. Out-tactic himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's done it in the past and this is the, the worry. It's not necessarily the players on the pitch. It's the coaching staff. Do yeah. they do they overthink it? Um, you'd like to see City just go with Rodri in the middle. But we said this last year with Fernandinho in the final and they, they didn't start with a holding midfielder. So you never know. I, I think City should go through. However, you can't write Madrid off with the quality they have and the form that Benzema's in. Splinters in your backside, mate. Sitting on the fence. Not a fan of that. <laughs> no, fair enough. I, I'm not. I'm not going to call it either, mate. It's, it's certainly going to be a tough game. Obviously, um, Liverpool take on Villarreal this evening as well at eight o'clock, don't they? It's looking like an all English final. But last time I said that, I, I had enough egg on my face to keep the world of omelets in perpetuity. So <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to say. But theoretically, on paper. It's probably going to be an all-English final if City get past Madrid. Yeah, it should be. Liverpool have had a very smooth ride so far. They've they've not really been in danger in many of the games. You're up against the Villarreal side who have got great heart. Emery seems to have this incredible knack in Europe. Um, Incredible track record. He's won Europa League. He never does that well in the league, does he? No, but... He'll excel in in domestic and European competitions. He almost appears to be a a man who who prefers to have a team that isn't necessarily fighting for titles, but can be the the plucky underdog in, in Europe. So it's not going to be easy. I think the first goal is crucial. Yeah. That's such a football cliche. But in this game, it is. Game two hours. It is a game of two hours. It's never going to be easy. But you, you know that if Liverpool score, the floodgates could open. Whereas yeah. if Villarreal get that first, it could be a very, very horrible game yeah. for Liverpool. They've got the yellow wall. It's going to be very tough if they can yeah, see it first. It certainly is. The yellow submarine, I think they're called as well, aren't they? Yellow submarine. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You learn something new every single day, mate. I did. I did see something in um, Klopp's press conference, though, as well, where he sort of touched on that they they won't be underestimating them, they'll be treating them with respect. And I think that's that's probably really important that Klopp said and did that because I I can't, I don't think it can be underestimated just how much confidence Villarreal got from the Bayern TV (sighs) owners, I think it was, wasn't it? And and even, even Nagelsmann saying it was going to be an easy game. Klopp seems to have taken a slightly different approach, which isn't going to write Emery's team, team talk for him. No, it's not. However, if you're, if I put myself in your know, Emery's shoes, all you have to, all you have to say is, no one thinks we're going through. I think there's still enough motivation there. You got to say good evening. Good, good evening. Yeah, good, good evening. evening. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's still enough there for him to have a rousing team talk. I just think whether Liverpool take them lightly or not, it's still going to be a hard game. Yeah. You know, Villarreal are going to be start for this. Is that this is their we, we talk about Manchester City. This is Villarreal's one and only chance of yeah. getting to a Champions League final. Let's yeah. let's have it right. Yeah. They're not going to get this opportunity again. They well, just happen to be playing one of the best teams in the world on the way. That's, but, that's yeah. the problem. That yeah. is the problem. Well, it would be certainly... I'd, I'd, I would love to see the All-English final, but for Villarreal to be in the Champions League final they, would just be special. It'd be something it? poetic, wouldn't it? Yeah. There would be something would poetic be. about it, it. It certainly would be. I wish Tom was here so we could remind him of the of the penalty <laughs> shootout last season in the Europa League as well. Um, as I mentioned, it's not just the Champions League um, that the English signs are excelling well in, though, as the Europa League semi-finals take place tomorrow evening as well. Rangers take on Leipzig away and West Ham host Eintracht Frankfurt at the London Stadium in their bid to reach the final of the competition. I mean, so many English teams are doing well, Ben. It's it's scary, isn't it? I mean, how good would it be to see West Ham win the Europa League? Whether you're a fan of the club or not, whether you like them as a club or not, 
after that they are a relatively big club I think in the grand scheme of things they're stalwart in the Premier League to see someone break the norm like that not your traditional big six go and win a European competition like they could would just be sensational yeah I mean I must admit I, I have a slight bias to West Ham um, a lot of this mentioned that big section of my family at Eastenders and, and a few of them are West Ham Pat yeah Pat yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian, Pat. Ian Bill yeah. but no they, they're season holders as well and I think yeah. the first top I was pitched in was a West Ham top back when I was two or three so don't tell Gareth <laughs> For for me, I, I, I'd love to see them win it. I, I'm sure you're the same. You've got friends that are West Ham yeah. fans, and, and they're so excited every single game. It just it just seems like they're embracing the competition. I think I think the thing is with this with this West Ham side is that like they they're not the most consistent team in the world. Like they they beat Liverpool this season, but lost to Burn drew to Burnley. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, they're maddeningly maddeningly inconsistent. The Brentford game, for example, losing that last week. I don't know if it's the European hangover or what. But it just seems to be a slightly different edge, slight, almost a sparkle in the team when they play in the Europa League, doesn't it? Sevilla, obviously in the round of 16, they probably had the hardest run of the knockouts, haven't they, of, of any team. Um, they, they beat Sevilla in the round of 16, a team that hadn't lost to an English side in Europe for 10 years, which is an incredible stack if you consider the teams they, they faced. They faced Liverpool in the Europa League final, didn't they, in, in Klopp's first or second season, which in itself it is crazy. How, what what do you think is making this difference? Is it the the idea of playing in Europe for so many players that ultimately probably never expected to get to this stage? Like if you'd said to someone five years ago, Mikel Antonio is going to be leading the line for a team that are two games away from the Europa League final, three games away from winning it, everyone would have laughed at you. Yeah. Do you think that's Do you think that's yeah. what it is? Is it that edge of playing it? Yeah. The, of these players playing in a competition like this? I, I just think that the whole club, including the fans, the players and even the backroom stuff, they've embraced this competition mm. like no other club. Yeah. They see this as their one and only chance. And I've, we've said this several times on the show already this, this evening, but that West Ham see this as their big moment to announce themselves in the European stage, to win a European trophy. I, I just think the players, like you said, Mikel Antonio, Craig Dawson, mm. Mark Noble, this could, what a send-off this could be for Mark Noble, by the way. Well, he, he almost know, retired last season, and I think he just thought, "I've got to give yeah, it a go." I mean, what a send off for him! I just think they've they've had a, a difficult run. They've beaten Sevilla, who arguably were the toughest side. Now, Leon weren't a bad side, however, you could say that maybe without Bruno Gimaraes, that, that you know that was a slightly easier game. We're seeing how he's doing at Newcastle now. Superb, isn't he? Brilliant player. But I think, I think PSG already ironed up a move for him. No, are they? Yeah. <laughs> well, can they? Ma- well, be interesting that because can they match Newcastle's wage- wages? <laughs> You know, that's the interesting Who knows thing. Yeah, but exactly. no, I think West Ham have embraced it. I think they've had the toughest route. And ultimately, if, if you look at them against the other four sides left in the competition, they're probably the best team left. You know, they're, they're sixth or seventh in the Premier League. They're, they're arguably the best team left in the competition. So they're favourites to win it as well. They've got all the momentum going their way. Now, if you come up against the Rangers, I think that's an incredibly hard game because Rangers, if they were to get to the final, to come through the teams they've come through and the scenarios they've had, extra time, you know, tight Almost games, game, yeah. you know, the fans they have, that that would be Dortmund. They beat on the way. Dortmund as well. As well yeah, Erling Haaland's Dortmund. And yeah, incredible. Dortmund. And not only did they beat them, they beat them like oh. they did them over two legs properly. How that, many goals they scored? Six or seven. Six or seven, wasn't it? It's yeah, incredible. They, they went away and scored four, didn't they? Which is just <laughs> four at four at Dortmund is just absolutely crazy, isn't it? Like like you touched touched on it there, it's a huge accomplishment for Rangers. A lot there was a lot made of Steve Stephen Gerrard leaving, wasn't yeah. there? And the impact that would have. They have obviously. It looks like they've lost the league title there but they they obviously beat Rangers to get to the Scottish Cup final I mean is it is it even worth is there words to describe how big an achievement it would be because they're in no way even in the same league as West Ham 
Leipzig or Frankfurt in terms of ability, and that's not that's no with no disrespect. They have some good players, but I don't think Tavernier, for example, who's probably one of their better players, would even get anywhere near a Premier League lineup. Maybe someone like whatever Everton at the bottom of the table. Yeah, but you look at their squad. I mean, Alan McGregor is he's ancient at this point. Seventy three, I think. It's ridiculous. Connor Golston's a decent centre half. Um, Scott Arfield, a former Burnley player. (laughs) Kemar Roof, former Oxford Oxford, player. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't set the world alight at Oxford either. Did he? No, he had he had one great season but he was there for a while mm. I, I just think Rangers have got Morelos that Morelos who just likes kicking people oh, Morelos, what, what character yeah. I, I just think they've got they've got this thing about them in Europe and so does Celtic don't they Where mm. when they have the team at home well, the Barcelona game what do they have 13% possession uh, yeah I think ago? two shots yeah, to Barcelona's 20 yeah. <laughs> they, they just have this thing about them where it's incredibly hard to is beat it, is it the presence do you think it's the presence of playing a, a historic club like Rangers and Celtic that do it because they have been I mean like I, I know it's the Scottish League so it's slightly marred almost if you know what I mean but the fact that Rangers have got nearly 60 titles to their name that's so crazy to think about and we're talking league titles 55 wasn't it under Gerrard not under Gerrard they were 55 under Gerrard but there's the 55th one they won under Gerrard is there like a, a even though they're perhaps not technically as good as these teams that they're coming up against is it the thought of playing Rangers that can actually be worse than playing does that make sense? Yeah, and ultimately that they're going to clubs where they're bigger than them. Rangers are probably arguably the, the second, or you could argue they're a bigger club than West Ham. That, that's an interesting conversation yeah. to have, isn't it? Yeah. And the same with Celtic, they're a huge, huge club. I, I, the thing is, I think they probably. I mean, I think they're probably. They could, you could argue they're bigger than Spurs and Arsenal. In terms of the no, you could though. In terms, of, you're looking at sort of fifty, sixty thousand at home every single week. With agree with Spurs, agree with Spurs. <laughs> All right, Arsenal's maybe a bit of a shout, but do you know what I'm saying though? They're they're not, yeah. and they're not drastically smaller than any of this big six we talk. No, about. and they, they go into these games against there's you know things like teams like Braga, mm. and they're going in with a big club mentality. So mm. even though it's going to be a hard game on paper, they've always mm. got that mentality of we're Rangers we should be going through, no matter whether they've got a better squad or not. I just think it's a huge mental advantage to have. If if we put Aberdeen there, would Aberdeen get to consecutive yeah. quarterfinals and semifinals? They probably wouldn't. You can doubt it quite and heavily. It, it's you? just the difference. It's having that 40,000, 50,000 seat stadium. The Scottish fans are arguably, in my opinion, the best fans in the world when it comes to football. Was it, I know was, English... Was it, they, they, was it full of... Was they, they played someone in England that just flooded to Falls Grove Bubbles. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, they just put yeah. loads of washing up, Nick. And they tra- well, they're travelling the numbers yeah, as well. They do, yeah. they, you know, that's why it's never an easy game. You see where teams go over there in the Premier League sides in the Champions League, and it's never a walkover at Celtic Park or at Rangers. It's no. never easy, and that's because they, they are such massive clubs. Whether they've got a squad that can compete or not, absolutely right. I think that's the thing about it all, isn't it? That it's, it's actually when it when it boils down to it, not all of it's about. The, the quality of your squad is it yeah. it's about it's about how you play together as a team which is so what makes football so wonderful of course I mean how likely is it we could see an all British final in the Europa League and an all English final in the it's, it's, it's plausible I mean I, I would say I don't fancy them against Leipzig but I didn't fancy them against Dortmund I didn't fancy them against Braga I don't particularly fancy them tonight but they, who's going to uh, Thursday night I should say sorry but you know why not? Yeah, it's it's far more conceivable in the in the Champions League when you've got Man City already a goal ahead and Liverpool clear clear favourites. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, even though for me they're the best side left, Frankfurt have just beaten Barcelona. It's worth remembering, yeah. Over two legs, convincing. Over two well. legs, and West Ham, like you said a minute ago, are a bit inconsistent. And if they don't turn up for one of those games, that that could cost them. Mm. 
and like you said, I think I think if you had it on paper, you'd pick Leipzig over Rangers, especially in the away leg. It's going to be difficult yeah. first first game. Um, the players at Leipzig have are just fantastic as well. Aren't yeah, they? and and they're a bit, they're a big club now in Germany, and they've yeah. got big support. Very controversially difficult. so. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, we, that, we could spend a whole show. Yeah, talking yeah. about Red Bulls influence in football. <laughs> yeah, we really you know, could. Salzburg That's as well. Next week is, sorted, isn't it? But, but, but we'll, we'll put we'll put that on the list for the summer when we have nothing to talk <laughs> about. Red Bull special. Yeah, but no, well, I, no, they can't sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> that'll ruin it all um, but yeah I mean like that, that's that's what's a it's a crazy thought isn't it that we, we've, we've had the, these dynasties haven't we so the Spanish clubs took over Europe for a bit with, with Barcelona winning it Real Madrid for a few years Sevilla um, obviously dominating Atletico Madrid in the Europa League as well we had, and then there was the German sort of Bayern Munich had a good run. Italy had a good run. This is the era for England now, isn't it? Where we've seen because if if it is an all English final, it'll be the fourth time in three years that it is, which is just astonishing. Yeah, third time in fourth years. Sorry. Oh well, yeah, and you, you never actually realise the era until it's done, don't you? So when when you look back and suddenly English teams are struggling, we'll all look back and think, oh, the golden those, age, those yeah, years from twenty seventeen to twenty three. <laughs> I mean, what great times, what great teams we had. But no, you, you're right, and, and even in the Europa League, I've, I can't remember. A time where you've I've seen teams do well in the Champions League, mm. but to do it as well in the Europa League, that's that's quite a thing. Well, one, one of them, the last time Rangers got this far, I think, was when they it was was it the year that, um, or certainly an, an English team that weren't the top six got this far was was Fulham's run. Do you remember under under um, Hodgson? I think wasn't it. Fulham had a good run. Didn't they get to the final? Yeah, they, yeah, in Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. And they, Rangers they, got to the final. I think a season or two before. Yeah, exactly. So we, we've seen it before. I think the thing is, you just sort of see these things in the past and think football's grown so much, especially in a financial aspect, in the growth between leagues like the Premier League and 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 the Scottish Premier League, that you would just sort of presume that wouldn't happen again. But they're very. It's very much showing that that it can, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I guess there's people may point out that oh you know look Manchester United and Liverpool got to the Europa League finals but the difference is we're not talking about two established heavyweight, heavyweight yeah. clubs are we West Ham are a very new European side a good side but they're sort of a higher mid-table Premier League side and Rangers are a Scottish side from a division that just doesn't have the competition so to see teams like this doing so well that just highlights how strong both leagues are because we, we've spent, I'm sure as, as football fans, you've spent time you know, berating the Scottish League, but ultimately the quality of that league has gone up. For these teams, you know, Rangers to successfully get to the semi-finals, quarter-finals, back-to-back, the league must have improved because the, the mm. squads have had to get better. Aaron Ramsey going to Rangers. You, know, when, that, when you, you would never have seen Never that imagined before, that a few years ago, would you? No, no, and exactly that. And it's, it's, the, it's also the quality of players they're attracting from abroad, isn't it? I think if you look at, at Celtic's influence, certainly on the Japanese league from, yeah. with Postacoglu, who's, who's obviously seen a lot of quality players in there who, who seem to have, have slot in really well. Van Bronckhurst certainly not, must, not changing masses because the foundation yeah. Gerard left was good, but still tweaking things and making things his own way as well. I mean, also attracting someone like Steven Gerrard I know it sounds silly but that's a big name to have in a league that ultimately isn't that widely regarded how much do you think that did for Scottish football yeah, itself I was going to say actually that that for me as, a, as an English football fan that that sparked my interest in Scottish, Scottish football again. Because you're I was, keeping your eye on it for Gerrard. Yeah, and it was so exciting watching Rangers become this big force again. Stopping 10 in a row as well. Stopping 10 in a row, becoming the team they used to be, seeing their comeback through the divisions. It's, it's probably helped Scottish football. It's probably helped the lower divisions to get better as well when they're, they're facing Rangers, you know. It's, it's a huge club to have in the, the lower the, leagues. The, of, the, of the, the rise was, I know, I know they were a big club, but being, being expelled to the second tier, the, the, sorry, the fourth tier of Scottish yeah. football and then having to rise Incredible. back up. Kenny Miller, 
Villa playing in every league, bless him, as well. I remember him smacking about 40 goals in, in, the, in the Scottish fourth division. Ali McCoist oh, as a manager. God, yeah, yeah. He left just before they got promoted, I think, didn't he? Yeah. But, but it's, it's fascinating to watch and, and to see these British teams going well. I know a lot of people, like you said, berate the Scottish League. I've been guilty of it myself mm. in the past. But you can't knock their, their influence in Europe. And, and if you put, there's, a, there's this conversation that's had, isn't there, that if you put them in the Premier League, they'd go down. Which, based on the squads, is probably right. Put them in the Premier League and give them the money. Based on the squads, yeah, that's the thing. That's the it? thing. That put, 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 put them in the Premier League and give them the money you give Liverpool, United, City, um, you know, the, all the teams for the for the TV rights and the attraction of playing in the best league in the world. Watch those two. Watch it become a big eight instead of a big six. Oh yeah, I mean, can you imagine those two, two or three seasons in? And that's the thing. Would you, you like said, to see them in the Premier League? Well, ultimately, I think it's wrong. However. I've always wondered, you know, you've got Cardiff and Swansea and Newport in, in mm. the English Football League. Now, you could argue that the Welsh League has just never had the same weight that the Scottish Division the has New had. New Saints win it every year anyway. And that's they? the problem, that when ultimately the Scottish League is is an established league, there's other big teams there, you know, your Motherwells, Aberdeen, Hibernian, Hearts. They're still big clubs in the mm. area. They've got a lot of fans. And how much would it affect Scotland, Scottish well, football? That, that's the problem. You know, you problem. can't... You can't kill one division just to add to another. And ultimately, the Premier League doesn't need... They do their best Celtic. with the National League, in fairness, but I know what you're they saying. They do, but, but the Premier League doesn't need Celtic and Rangers. The Scottish division needs Celtic and Rangers, Very and that, that's point. the difference, I Very think. Very good point, yeah. I mean, I'm purely just from a, a hypothetical standpoint with no ramifications, it would be brilliant to be see. But it's, so it's, it's just not that simple, is it? There's so much that goes into it. And it's not fair to, to put clubs like that, historic clubs like that, yeah. in, in a position whereby their league's pretty much worthless in, in yeah. the grand scheme of things. So you're probably right on that one. Uh, well, certainly wish West Ham and Rangers the very best of luck this evening in their first leg ties in the Europa League semi final bringing things back a little closer to home in the race for the top four that continues to race rage on in the Premier League a host of names have uh, have been linked with securing the much sought after spot but it would seem now the battles between two teams it's, I've, I refer of course to North London rivals Tottenham and Arsenal is it a two race horse two race horse a two horse race for you <laughs> carrot at the end of the tunnel uh, a two horse race for you now between Tottenham and Arsenal or, or is it is there a, a late surge from United and West Ham that could come well, it, you, you never know. We, we, how many times do we do this throughout the season where we think <laughs> one team's relegated, you know, Newcastle are down. No one ever listened back to any old episodes because no. I'm sure we've humiliated ourselves Oh yeah, def- every week, yeah. three or four times. But <laughs> no, I, I think you can never write any teams out. But if you were looking at it purely objectively, Manchester United aren't going to string together five or six wins I in a row. can't string together five or six passes. No, they? West Ham don't need the Champions League space at the moment because their better chance is winning the Europa League. So yeah, why wouldn't they prioritise that ultimately Spurs and Arsenal Spurs and Arsenal their only chance is this is the Premier League Mm. so they're going to prioritise it now what makes it so interesting is the fact it is Spurs and Arsenal for me one of if not the most exciting rivalry in the English Football League you've got in the Premier League sorry because when you look at the other big Derbies, local derbies. I think I think any just, Liverpool, United, or Liverpool Everton games fierce, aren't they? They're, they are, but when you, it's just the ramifications of Liverpool and Everton haven't been neck and neck, neck and neck yeah. for years. Manchester United, Liverpool haven't really either. No, but, but Arsenal, Spurs are always at the same level. They are for yeah, the last fifteen years. They've always been fighting for that that's third a really or fourth point, actually, spot yeah. and. I just think that there's such a tension in that game. Both sides, both sets of fans because hate a, a, each other a win, so much. A win means more, doesn't it? 
a Derby Day win means more than anything anyway, but there is that added little extra. It's a bit like the Celtic Rangers thing we were talking about. They're always big because they're big games and they hate each other beyond football anyway, don't they? But yeah. there's also massive ramifications for the league title every time they play yeah. each other, which is about 18 million times a season. But I digress. It's it's so interesting that, that it's those two teams going for it, isn't it? I mean, Arsenal did have that blip earlier in the season. I saw them lose three games in yeah. a row um, not, not that long ago. I mean, do we think we've put that? they've put that back? Behind them, I mean, the, the, the Chelsea result was certainly a shocking one, wasn't it? But the United one less so. But I think to win as they did was was quite impressive. Yeah, they've come back with two big wins. Ultimately, Manchester United, even though we say it every week how how poor of a side they are collectively, they've still got incredible talent. You know, Ronaldo, Fernandez. Well, if Ronaldo takes that penalty. It, it could be a different game. Yeah, but that, it's never an easy game. Especially there's always this thing with Arsenal, Man United, where it goes back a long way. Yeah, and, and Ronaldo always seems to turn up. So I think those two wins could be crucial. I know. You You've got an incredible thing that could, uh, incredible scenario yeah. that could happen. Uh-huh, which, right, yeah. if this does happen, would just be the most ridiculous thing I, yeah. I think we'd ever see. Right. In I, have, I haven't got the exact maths in front of me, so you have to bear with me. But there's there's a scenario that isn't too plausible. So Arsenal getting a couple of like three 0 wins, yeah. Tottenham drawing a couple of games but winning other ones, and Tottenham winning the North London derby. I can't I can't remember the exact scores, but there is a way that Tottenham and Arsenal can end on equal points, equal goal difference. And equal head-to-head. And a lot of people think it goes to goals scored after that. It's a common misconception. If it's points, goal difference and head-to-head, which obviously they'd have both won a game retrospectively, wouldn't they? It's a playoff at a neutral venue. Can you imagine that? I mean, not even just the, 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 uh, the prize of being in the top four, which is so, so big to clubs now. Like Tottenham aren't going to attract players in the summer without being in the Champions League. We saw that this year, didn't we? I mean, can you just imagine the, the scale of that game? I know it's unlikely, but can you just imagine? I mean, it, it, it'd be bigger than the cup final. Surely it, it, it would, it, wouldn't it'd it? Be, it'd be the biggest game in, in, in all of English football. It, it, because so it's you've unprecedented. Never, you've yeah. never seen before the fact that they're, they're so, you know, the local would rivals they, Would they well. have to give a trophy? It feels like they'd have to give a trophy. It depends. If you play at Wembley... If the game's at Wembley Stadium... It's got to be at a neutral venue, so you'd imagine that's where it would be. So if it's at Wembley, that has to be a a trophy, just like you get a playoff final trophy. You know, I I just think... Obviously, it's unprecedented, but it feels wrong winning a game of that magnitude, doesn't it? Without some sort of... Yeah, I think there should definitely be some sort of special playoff. If we're going to call it the Premier League, the Champions League playoff trophy, I Mm. think there should be something. I just... Like we haven't got enough playoffs to talk about on this bloody show, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Only because you're not in them. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> we wouldn't talk about them anyway, even if we were. No one cares about them. But I mean, yeah. I mean, that that's just an incredible scenario to to even even con- even consider, isn't it? The only problem with that, of course, is Tottenham have really hit a rough patch after what was an incredible, incredible run of form. Brighton and and the Brentford game, obviously, really setting them back. Failed to register even a shot on target in either of those games. When when you consider their firepower up front, they've got two of the best attackers in the league in Harry Kane and Jung Min Son. How much of a problem is that in the way they're playing? Do you think that that people were underestimating them? They've now re-estimated them and, and they're getting found out a little bit. Well, it's difficult. I, d- I just think they haven't necessarily got the squad to go and win game after game after game. I think there's there's gaps in the team. I, Hugo Lloris for me is a big problem. I, I completely I, I, agree I, with that. I'd never understand. No, I, I don't rate him at the all. The fact that Hugo Lloris is a World Cup winning captain is one of football's biggest disgraces yeah. because he's just not... Like, he can't defend his near post, he can't command his box, he can't do 
It, it can't do the basics and fundamentals of being a goalkeeper. No, you've also remembered that final. He also gave away a terrible goal um, for, for Croatia where he kicked oh, it yeah. against... The, I can't remember who you the striker was. You can see the three was. to Croatia that day. Uh, yeah, Larice is a problem for me. His distribution's terrible and, and that's something that kills Spurs there's a lot of dead time after time. Well. Like you said, there's a lot of deadwood. There's a lot of maybe parts of the squad, uh, the, the starting eleven that could be improved. But on the same, on the, <laughs> at the same time, there's still a lot of holes in Arsenal's team. Mm. Uh, and this is why you can't write either team off because you, you can't predict that Arsenal are going to go and put a good run together because we've seen them lose games they shouldn't do. And, and the same with Spurs. As soon as Spurs seem to be in the driving seat, they throw it away again. So this is what makes it so exciting that mm. both teams are so vulnerable. Yeah, Both teams are just as good as each other and both teams could quite feasibly lose both lose games where they should win. So yeah. you just can't predict who's going to get in there. This is, this is the crazy thing about it, isn't it? Because... I mean, I, I think I think one thing you will you have to say actually is almost fair play to them because I was actually having a little look back, really interestingly, at the, a lot of the pundits' predictions for the year. I don't know if you saw this with Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. I mean, Gary That's Neville is a great pundit, but oh my god, the, the he had he had, he had like United in the top four. I think he had Spurs finishing like sort of seventh or eighth, and Arsenal. Um, sort of close to them as well um, a lot of people had lesser in the top four as well which I sort of understand because based on the last few years but I mean they, they have upset a lot of the odds in terms of especially Tottenham's start under Nuno that can't be forgotten Arsenal had a rocky start as well regardless of which one gets in the top four do you think both can be happy with the season based on all the external factors yeah, I think Spurs would be more content with the fact they've brought in a manager halfway through the season and they're probably accepting that next year's the season that we go. If he stays, though. If he stays, and, and this is the problem of Conte, he's not going to be there long. Would you be happy with that? Because I keep thinking this, like Tottenham fans seem to love him and be begging him to stay, whereas I'm sort of of the opinion, if you don't want to be here, mate, go. Because it, it winds me up that, that managers can be like this. Like, you shouldn't have that much power as a manager. Yeah, I think you should show a bit more commitment to the cause. Um, obviously, I've been incredibly lucky as a Wickham fan that you've had a manager there. <laughs> doesn't get much more loyal, does it? No, and you've had a manager there for so long and, and you've always felt like he really had a project that you wanted to finish. You'd like to be as a Spurs fan in the position where you felt that Conte had an idea of what he wanted to do and he didn't want to leave until he finished that. Almost like, like Pochettino did. Like Poch yeah. and, and like Pep, where you can tell that he wants to win that Champions League. He's not mm. just going to go without doing that and I, for me it was a, it was a risky appointment because Spurs aren't one season away from challenging and Conte doesn't tend to stay longer than two or three years so you're talking about quite a quick turnaround for them to become a title challenging side against teams that are going to be improving against teams like Newcastle mm. Leicester who, well, they're, going to, they're going to be in it sooner rather than later though aren't exactly they? if West Ham win the Europa League what sort of recruitment are they going to do in the summer yeah. so I think it's incredibly risky. I, I just feel that, for me, they would be more content than Arsenal, where Arsenal, like we said before, this is their big chance. If they don't get in this year, it could be harder next year because I've, you know, Manchester United aren't going to be as bad next year. You know, West Ham could be better. Like you said, with Newcastle, they could be better. Everything's going to be harder next year. Well, if Conte stays, Tottenham will definitely be better. Exactly, well. they'll definitely be better and they're not going to have that bad Leicester start. Leicester may come back into the picture. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, like, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of unknowns. So let's have a, let's have a break from the fence sitting, Ben. Which one, Arsenal or Tottenham? Who's finishing in the top four? 
Arsenal. Arsenal. Okay. Yeah, there you go. You can clip that. You can yeah. clip it if you want. So I've just did it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. I mean, it's like like we said about the about the potential playoff. It's unlikely it will come to it, but it certainly would make for a, quite the spectacle, wouldn't it? Especially between two fierce rivals like Spurs and Arsenal. It's enough European football for one week, though. I suppose let's swap European gold for League One bronze. It's Wickham and the Valley and the Thames Valley's latest. Windsor, Windsor Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell, Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley, Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley. The football show on River Radio. This is extra time. Yes, welcome back. You're listening to Extra Time on River Radio. We're fast approaching the back end of the show this evening, but of course we can't finish without touching on the local football in the region. With most seasons like Reading, Maidenhead and even Oxford's all but wrapped up, we're turning our attention to playoff contenders Wickham Wanderers. A week of highs in terms of results after beating fellow playoff chasers Sheffield Wednesday 1-0 at the weekend uh, still puts them in a difficult position on the final day on Saturday. Wickham Wickham needing to beat Burton Albion and hope that other results go their way they currently sit just one point in place outside the playoffs there is naturally only one man for this it's our very own Ben Green who's with me just the two of us as we mentioned earlier our chief Wickham Wanderers correspondent we'll start with that game on Saturday Ben I mean it was a huge win wasn't it it was a vintage Wickham sort of thing to happen wasn't it vintage Wickham performance Will Um, (laughs) we barely had any chances in the game it was a nasty (laughs) game (laughs) not a lot of quality but ultimately, I saw someone describe it like this, and I think this was, this was bang on, is Wickham came for a battle and to win. Sheffield Wednesday came to play football and not to lose. And ultimately, that cost Sheffield Wednesday the three points. It's a really good way of putting it. It, it was. And, and if you'd seen the game, it's entirely true, because I Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. they had a great start in the first half. They looked so dangerous going forward. Lee Gregory. The players are silly that they've got, and the got quality some, they've got. They've got so much, so much talent. Barry Bannon pulling the strings. He's a championship player, Barry Bannon. Easily, oh, definitely. But, but you could tell they were a good side in that first half. But... But second half, Wickham came out and I don't know if it's whether it's the terrace and attacking that end or... Sucked a goal in. Sucked a goal in or or Ainsworth had said something. But but Sheffield Wednesday dropped five yards back and it just gave Wickham the chance to impose themselves slightly more. They got the the goal at a great time. It was a great flick on by Sam Vokes. Darrell Horgan, who I've been very critical of and sort of questioning his space in the team gets in front of his man brilliantly and instead of shooting and over the bar which he tends to do on a frequent basis <laughs> he picked out a great pass for Jordan Obita who, who slotted it home against his former team and you, you look at that and, and going into this game on the weekend how how important could that win be? I mean it's just how monu- it's just monumental isn't it because I hate to say it having seen the results last night with Sheffield Wednesday winning <sighs> you would have assent- had you not won that game looking at the picture now with the table you would have essentially been out of it, yeah. which is hard to believe, isn't it, based on the season you've had? But that would have essentially been it. Is there anything sort of frustrating about the, the idea that it was it was a perfect weekend almost, other than a few of the other teams winning around you? Certainly in beating them, but a lot of the teams, obviously, Sheffield Wednesday won their game in hand last night. Um, there's, you know, the, the playoff. Obviously, the, the good thing for you, like you mentioned to me before the show, which we'll touch on, is the the top three race. The top two race is very much still wide open between the three teams, isn't it? I mean, do you, do you feel, would you, would you like, like I said, Wednesday included, do you feel hard done by for it to not be in your hands on the final day based on some of the impressive results you've had across the season? 
you would do. And, and when you look at how many points Wickham have accumulated, 80 points, and they find themselves in seventh, you know, I, I think I was... That's sensational, isn't it? Oh, it's ridiculous. Well, here's a stat for you. I, I was really bored the other day, and I just scrolled through on... Um, I've got this... I hope, fo- hope not on Wednesday night, but... <laughs> no, well, I've got, this, I've got this football app where you can go back through the seasons. This is not a paid advertisement. But yeah. No worries, yeah. <laughs> so you can see the league table from previous years, I yeah, think okay. all the way back to 2003. Awesome. And I've gone all the way back... And the most points you've needed to get in the League One playoffs since 2003 is 74. So any other year? Any other year they'd be in the playoffs comfortably. They could even be challenging for autos. So you look at that and it's hard to be frustrated or be upset on Saturday if we don't get in there on 83 points. You can't really do anything else. I just think when you have seven games... That period of seven games where you don't you look win, back on that, don't you, you look back yeah. and just think, God, just what? Even, if, just even, what if. even like the one I, I, I mentioned last week, wasn't it? That Cheltenham game where you're, you're <sighs> so, so you, you were so in control. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was your downfall. It wasn't Cheltenham's brilliant yeah. play. It was your downfall that, that cost you that game ultimately. And and games like that, just the dead are sort of ones you look back as, as sort of sliding door moments in the season, aren't they? And the fact that a game like that that you you were what five three up with two minutes left or something wasn't it and and you've, yeah. you've you've not managed to win the game that's that's what's going to come back to bite you isn't it yeah you've got games like that um you look at Wimbledon on Easter Monday drawing 1-1 Gillingham throwing away the win Morecambe there's been games obviously every team has games over the course of the season that they should have done better in ultimately it's that period for me of those seven games where Wickham didn't win they went from top of the table to eighth and and if Wickham had just let, let's face it if they just won two of those games they they be they could be second right now you could be in the yeah you'd be up if you'd won even two, if you won three of them seven yeah. You'd that's, be up. that's how close it is. That's, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, we'll just go through how close it is just quickly. Wigan Athletic played 45, 89 points. Rotherham played 45, 87 points. MK Dons played 45, 86 points. Obviously, it takes a bit of a drop then. Sheffield Wednesday played 45, uh, got 82 points. Sunderland, 45, 81 points. Plymouth, 45, 80 points. And then Wickham in seventh, 45 and 80 points, which is just, that is so, so tight. We've obviously got to look at that final day and, and the ramifications it could mean there are there are positives you can take out of it almost aren't there Plymouth have obviously that it's not been a great run of form they haven't won in four uh three draws and a loss which is which has really really dented their playoff hopes they've got MK Dons on the final day now the results yesterday last night meant that Wigan lost to Portsmouth and Rotherham drew with Sunderland that meant that MK Dons are still in with a shout of not only getting promoted but actually winning the league. They need a six-goal swing, but stranger things have, genuinely yeah. stranger things have happened to do it. Um, and it's not implausible that, that Wigan could drop out and be in the playoffs after all, yeah. which is a scary thought, especially they haven't won in five. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, it, it's, it's just a bit, a bit of a strange one. No, no team really seems to be going in in form other than Wickham. You haven't lost in the last five. So obviously, like I said, Plymouth play MK Dons, who have a, ch- have a chance of getting in. Sunderland played Gillingham, you said, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Rotherham are playing Gillingham. Rotherham are playing Gillingham. So that, I mean, that's not an easy game. Sunderland are away to Fleetwood, who yeah, are that's still, sorry, that's where I've got still down there. Yeah. So I just think, I said to you a few weeks ago, and I don't want to sound like a genius, 
But if it does happen, I am a genius. But I, I said that, that Plymouth would be the team to drop out because of the, did, the yeah. horrible the run. running they you had. Did, yeah. and, and even last night, I, I wasn't too disappointed because I've said all along that Plymouth are the ones we're taking. Mm. Sunderland are going to be in there. Sheffield Wednesday's game in hand was against Fleetwood. You have to expect Sheffield Wednesday are going to win that it game. Was, it was close though, wasn't it? It was they, a close they, they game. They were 2-1 down until the 73rd minute. It was, but on paper, you always think that Wednesday are going to win that. Because so as a course. fan, you have to expect them to win. I just is, always is there felt... Anything, is there anything Wednesday playing Portsmouth? They obviously beat Wigan last night they've they've won two and drawn one of their last five it's not going to be an easy game they, they could easily get a draw I, I, you, I just think you look at that MK game Plymouth are in a bad run of form they, they didn't look good against Wickham I have no. to say I'd love them in the playoffs I, that's not really going to happen but Plymouth would be well, the it's team it's going to be you or, you or Plymouth I think, it's going to be it, really? uh, but they'd be the team I'd take and, and you look at MK they've still got something to play for they've got the player of the season in their squad Scott Twine so oh, he's been, he has been fantastic oh, as well so good he, he's got everything uh, he's, it's, goal, it's not just the goals it's the goal contribution oh, ne- him, next season he'll be playing in, in the higher division whether that's with MK or not mm. there's no doubt about that mm. someone will snap him up if they don't go up I, I just I have this feeling that Wickham are going to get in there I don't know if that's a biased opinion it probably is a biased it's opinion a, it's, a, it's, a, it's Tom Pickering very just, biased opinion just, yeah. <laughs> shout out Tom but I don't know just when you look at the other games and you look at the fact that Wickham are on such a great run of form they've done everything they can in the last 10 games and you look at Burton, who are 16th, no matter how hard they, like, they try... They like spoiling a party, though, They Burton. do, but no matter how hard they try and get off that game, they're not going to be as motivated as Wickham are. It's just impossible. i tell you what, I had a... a Torquay played Burton on the last game of the season once. And in the year we went up to the Football League in 2009, they had to come to our place and win. Yeah. And we beat them 2-1 to get in the playoffs. And somehow they still won the league. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Every other result went, again, went, went for them. It was, it was mental. But they, they, they have a knack for doing this. Mm-hmm. They, they held Wickham to a draw. Um, sorry, Plymouth to a draw, which, which has ultimately yeah. really impacted the thing. So it's not going to be an easy win. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank back at the club. He's going to have plenty to prove going into next season. And I think the interesting thing about this, the, these games against mid-table teams is that actually they can be harder than teams with stuff to play for because these players are playing for contracts. This is a level where you're not getting handed out three, four, five year deals. Yeah. You, you're playing for where you're going to be next season, and in a lot of cases, if you start slipping down that pyramid, you'll very quickly find yourself at a semi-professional level because it's not easy for teams to come and pick players up. It's, you, there's there's a lot of financial risk with taking a player up, especially after COVID and everything. The teams just aren't going to do it. I mean, th- this is the thing, though, isn't it? That you're, you're you're in a position where, like you said, you, you fancy it. You think you think you're going to do it. If you do get in. You are the momentum team going into it as well, aren't you? Because there's that, but like every other team that are in there won't get a buzz by being in there at, because it's 12 o'clock kickoff, isn't it, on Saturday or 12 30? 12 30, yeah. So, but by three o'clock on, on Saturday, the teams that are in there, your Sheffield Wednesdays, your Sunderlands, teams like that, they won't have a buzz about being in there because they've just done their job. You will have a buzz about sneaking. It's almost like a sneaking in in the last <laughs> yeah. day, isn't it? How much of a role is that momentum going to play? It could be huge. I, I've said to you before that if Wickham get in the playoffs, they win the playoffs. I, I, I really do. I, they've got experience. They're a nasty team to play against. Um, they, they've obviously won the playoffs two years ago. You just look at the last 10 games. Wickham have, have done everything they can. They haven't lost. We said on the show they have to maybe lose one game and that'd be it. They haven't lost any. No. So they've done their job. They've done as best as they can. Now, Sunderland and Sheffield Wednesday have also let's not forget they've been in good form as well however like you said Wickham aren't expected to be there like those fans expect them to be there and the underdogs going into it because it's not in your hands and and pipping Plymouth or whoever it is to that space will give you momentum ultimately all the teams are evenly matched as well so even though I was going to say is there any team you wouldn't want to play in the playoffs I'd say 
I'd say Sunderland are the team I don't fancy because I think going forward they're incredibly hard. Uh, they're, they're incredibly quick. Um, you but look quality at quality of players. Uh, a lot of quality. Well, now I know we drew in the home game, but we we've struggled at the stadium a lot. In previous years, I mean, that place will be rocking. It'd in the be horrible, as well. especially knowing how they view us. And and you're about a million miles. Y- up, so. Yeah, you can't have any effect on the game. I've said I, I wanted Plymouth, but I don't think we're going to get Plymouth. Just the way that the it's game's way as well, and also the way it works out. Plymouth's not a very nice place. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet it's quite nice. <laughs> no, completely unbiased opinion. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I, I, it <laughs> could be MK though. And can you imagine a Bucks derby <sighs> in the playoff semi final? I mean, It'd just be incredible. Wouldn't it? I mean, it could be the final. <laughs> but I, I, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but. no, but I mean, but this is this is the thing, isn't it? You're <laughs> if, if you do squeeze in, you're three games from being back in the championship, and and I'd, I'd argue in a very strong position to. You, I, I, I genuinely think there's something if you do go up, there's this aura about Wickham that that you've learned from your mistakes because you learn from your mistakes about two games too late in the championship. Otherwise, you would have stayed up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was that simple. That, that it was literally. I mean, it had Derby been docked the points that they were eventually, you'd have stayed in the championship anyway, which yeah. is which is a crazy situation. But I, I don't know. Do you think it's a case whereby you will have you, you will and have learned from your mistakes in terms of and repeating that playoff success and then taking it a step further hypothetically if you do go up? Yeah, you'd have an older squad, yes, but a more experienced squad, uh, arguably a, a much better team starting eleven than we had previously when when we got promoted you'd like to think there'd be some investment coming in with the obviously the payments of going up and ultimately the feel-good factor around the club you know that that's been there ever since Ainsworth has has been in charge or at least since we stayed up against Torquay on the final day the since that game there seems ben to bingo that's a big tick ben bingo bosh there you <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> but you, you see the way it's changed for the two clubs Torquay going down and down and, and Wickham going up and up exactly and, yeah you know. <laughs> right, that's what we have time for today <laughs> I'll rapidly run out of time then, mate I'll just quickly ask you um so you, I, I think you made it clear you think you're getting in yeah, you think you're going up? I do. I think it, really? Wickham, I think Wickham are getting in the playoffs and they're, and they're winning the playoffs. Oh, I certainly hope so for our sake because it would make some great content next year. Oh, can you imagine? Me anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have a lot of laugh at my expense, <laughs> wouldn't you? No, well, no, I, I, mate, I want you to do well. And uh, look, I mean, I think Wickham are a very likable club, a properly run club, which is very hard to find at this level. We all watch Sunderland till I die, and and the the David Brent of football, which oh. is just unbelievably funny. Yeah. If you get a chance to watch that, please do, especially when they play. Was it Sandstorm by the room? Oh, terrible, unbelievable. Terrible. Um, if you get a chance to watch that clip, please do. We are rapidly running out of time here on River Radio, though. Uh, ben, thank you so much for joining me, mate. And uh, I've got everything crossed for you on Saturday. Cheers, Will. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully the, the part-timers turn up next week. Yeah, well, we, I, I don't count on it, mate. Uh, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure to be joined. But you can catch the show on Spotify as well later if you fancy.